We are recording. We are recording. <laughs> Welcome in. Welcome. Thank to you. The Average Ohio Guy podcast. I'm sitting Appreciate here it. with Primetime Guy. Primetime. How's it going? Great. I wanted to welcome you to my first podcast episode of the Primetime Guy featuring the not so average, but we'll call him Average Ohio Guy. <laughs> well, that was nice. Thank that you. That was nice. That so. was on spot. <laughs> but so. I say we just jump right on in. Let's go. I mean, the biggest news yesterday out of the NFL was Eli Manning. Yep. Eli Manning retiring after 16 years. What are your first initial thoughts? First initial thoughts was definitely a long time coming. You could just tell that season by season, he was putting a lot of, you know, his overall mental and and body uh, in a position where it was taking a toll on a a daily and most definitely weekly basis. Those memes started to really, you know, shape. That's true. Basically how his career was coming to an end, um, unfortunately, because out of all the Mannings, including Cooper, Eli is definitely one of my favorites uh, when it comes to his, his story. Peyton, he's going to put up the numbers. He's going to put up, you know, the, the crowd. He's going to get that following. But being the little brother to first get to two Super Bowls has to be, you know, something to hang your coat on. And I think he did it. And not once did we ever have, you know, an Eli situation where it was getting bad news uh, while his wild wide receiver is kicking field goal practice nets he's over here doing his job and I think that's what you got to respect the most out of Eli and his retirement is definitely well deserved and I think a gold jacket's coming in his future I definitely agree you know I think the retirement came at a good time I think that you know why go play anywhere else other than New York I mean there's not a whole lot of options out there right now I mean, Chicago may be a spot, Carolina may be a spot, but at this point, you've made $252 million, the most of all time. You threw for 57,000 yards. Right. Why? I mean, you missed every, you've you never missed a game. Right. Other than that one time when you got benched for no reason. Um, but you get, you get to ride out on your terms. Yep. For I think, the most part, I think, yeah. you know, the Giants drafting Daniel Jones kind of pushed you a little bit, but at some point you got to respect the Giants for looking for the future. You know, Eli kind of had a few rough years towards the end, but stat-wise he was middle of the road, better than some of these starters in the league, and I'd take him over some of these guys. I'd take him over Mitch Trubisky right now, you know, headed into maybe the next two seasons, but... I don't know. Like I said, when you throw 57,000 yards, 366 touchdowns, you know, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl winner, you know. Two-time Super Bowl MVP. True. I I think you ride out. I think, you know, you're one of five players to win multiple Super Bowls. I mean, your legacy's there. You're 7-2 as an underdog in the playoffs. You beat an 18-0 Patriots team. You beat a 15-1 Packers team. Your resume is there. Your legacy is there. You're healthy. You've never had any major injury of any sort. Um, You know, I I think it's time to to ride out. And 
the one thing I think that Eli has in his favor for the Hall of Fame is there's a there's a great quote from a unanimous or a unanimous uh, Hall of Fame voter said you cannot rewrite history without Eli. And I think that in a lot of voters' minds, he's going to get in. And I think that argument is still there where, you know, what was it those defenses that won him those Super Bowls or was it his talent in those playoffs? And, you know, you got some comparisons out there like Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's a guy who won a Super Bowl. Joe Dilfer won a Super Bowl. But was it those defenses or what is it his talent that year? I, I don't know, but... Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think, I think it's well deserved, and for sure, for sure. I mean, it it doesn't make any sense not to. There's no arguable um, disputes or rebuttals that says otherwise. He's more than just um, you know a, a little brother to Peyton. I mean, he's even more respected in my eyes. Um, kind of going back to being in the shadows of an all-time great, uh, an all-time record holder. Um, he's, he's doing all the little things right uh, and still getting, you know, it, when, when it comes to rings, the same ending as Peyton. You know, Peyton just has a little bit heavier uh, ring to it. So not at all surprised at this, but kind of wish, you know, maybe throw him out again to, to kind of show Daniel the ropes. Um, with a, a better, you know, overall returning wide receiver squad, I, I think it's only getting better at this point. Them having a top 15 pick, you never know that that Higgins from Clemson, the Chase from the LSU. Um, there's there's multiple wide receivers out there that could possibly just tweak that game that a lot of these other teams were missing. The AJ Browns of Tennessee Titans, the um, you know, Marquise Brown out of a run-only quarterback. So these additional wide receivers, and we can even bring up, uh, you know, our, our beloved Steelers and their, um, you know, Toledo Rocket wide receiver um, and adding another uh, just crucial weapon that could have gone undrafted, could have got paid a little less for even more work and, Adding that could have, you know, sparked a little bit more of a better overall season than what Eli would want to end off. Yeah. Um, you know, the that's, other thing, that's, that's one thing to think. Yeah, with Eli, you know, it's hard because he never took a hometown discount. And I think that's an argument right now with, like, Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes is there's never been a quarterback that has won a Super Bowl that takes up 15% of the cap. It's never been possible. And most of the years of Eli being on the Giants, he's taken up more than 15% of the, of the cap. So I, is that a little bit of, you know, the Giants' downfall towards the end? Because it's a great organization, but they don't have a lot of money to spend around. So, and I think even with Barkley, with as talented as he is, he's still on a rookie deal. Eventually he was going to get paid. He's going to get paid before Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones is going to be on a contract for three, four-plus more years. So For sure. You know, when you don't have that money to spend on these offensive guys, they've never had a great tight end since Eli's been there. Wide receivers come and go very quickly. And, you know, during those Super Bowl years, I mean, 
your running back was Brandon Jacobs. Yeah. You know, I mean, little money he was making, so. Which you only saw him in third and short territory anyways. That's really the the mindset of his role. Um, so it was definitely a lot more on Eli's shoulders to bring the Giants anywhere close to being uh, just championship contenders. Going back to what you were saying about, you know, the, the Trent Dilfer and the Joe Flacco, literally using that top five possible all-time defense, both of them, to, to win them a Super Bowl, Super Bowl, which was not a high-scoring Super Bowl by any means on both ends, which, exactly. which shows the downside of the Ravens' offense and how, you know, important that defense was. Um, other than Anquan Bolden scoring a touchdown, uh, what, in the, the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, that was yeah. Flacco's first touchdown of the game. Uh, that was not rushing. That that should show that defense did win that championship. And at that time, that 49ers offense had Frank Gore, had um, – oh, this is bad. Um, I know there's another person. Manningham was there as the receiver that came over from the Giants. True. So there, there was a little bit more – weapons on that offense and probably what helped them get through the NFC to the Super Bowl but then when you have Ray Lewis on the other side that's a whole different ball game no matter who you're playing I agree so I mean I think at the end of the day we both agree that you know Eli's a Hall of Famer I you know he's gonna go maybe in that you know that hall of you know a lot of people may not think he deserves to be at the top but he still deserves to be in the Hall of Fame it Kind of reminds me of the Baseball Hall of Fame. You know, Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron are are in the front. There's a lot of guys in the back. For sure. So, But they all deserve to be there at the end of the day. But yeah. Um, but I, I, think, I think that we both agree on that. So um, other huge news last night. Uh, you know, before we jump into that, there's a few other things that we may talk about tonight. Uh, <clears throat> Um, offensive rookie of the year in the NFL, mm-hmm. defensive rookie of the year in the NFL. There's, I think, five candidates per, you know, per uh, group there. So, and then the Pro Bowls this weekend. So, yeah. um, and then I think we want to get some, maybe some early thoughts headed into the Super Bowl next week. Sure. Uh, as of right now, Kansas City is actually the favorite. Minus one, but they're a favorite. <laughs> favorite is a favorite. But, but let's get some basketball real quick. Maybe yep. some short and sweet, but Zion's debut last night. Yes. I think it was very well hyped. I think it very well deserved. Um, you know, he's kind of, he's a phenom. Yeah. It's it's one of those weird type of player feels where, you know, when he was playing at Duke, there was a Duke game that was on the same time as a Lakers Houston Rocket game and the Duke game had a better viewership with a $2,500 per ticket yes price yes I'm pretty sure at that point the Lakers even with LeBron bring in the Houston Rockets with both Russell and James Harden still probably couldn't clear 250 exactly but people were coming to see a once in a lifetime just gift I believe if LeBron would have gone in college. He definitely would have gone to Ohio State. I believe that the shot and steam would probably be rebuilt 
and remodeled <laughs> based off the one year he blessed them yeah. with his talents. And uh, I think it just goes to show that college sports can do a lot to hype up someone, but at the same time, when we get to, you know, witness a once in a lifetime uh, overall uh, athlete, it's it's even better in a college field. There's there's less of that hype of professionality versus hype of overall game satisfaction and you just knew uh leading up to this debut of his that something special was going to happen he was going to dunk on someone he was going to step on someone he was going to do something he just so happened to shoot four threes in a row right and for someone who has a two inch vertical leap when he shoots a three versus his 48 inch vertical leap when he dunks it was still amazing to see this huge you know uh center-like forward actually being able to shoot past the the three-point line i think that's i think that's where we got our money's worth yeah i think you're right you know i I watched the whole game from start to finish um you know the first three quarters you know you were just you were just waiting for something to happen you were waiting for that exciting dunk the if you were to tell me that zion had 22 points in 18 minutes and not dunk once and get four threes instead. I would that I you would take my money, but it, it was fun to watch. He scored 17 points in three minutes and eight seconds, seven rebounds, three assists. When he came into the game, they were down 16 points. When he left the game, they were up 107 to 106. He was begging to stay in. He was begging to stay in, and if he would have stayed in, they probably would have won that game. And you know they're they're three and a half games out of out of the last spot, the playoffs, and I think that was a game where do you play for the short term or are you playing for the long term? Because when a guy's six six, two hundred eighty five pounds, every time he lands on one leg, I I cringe a little. I know David Griffin grins a little, but it the. Cr- the crowd wanted it. He wanted it. I think even the head coach wanted it. I, I mean, that conversation right. was... Right. I, I, I think that was definitely adamant, and I think it was definitely there. Um, I think New Orleans needed that. They, they came off, you know, an unfortunate playoff with the Saints, but then got some momentum back with the LSU national champs. And then having Zion back in the home crowd... You have to leave him in there. You got to see what he's what he's what he's built for, and if he's built for taking over a professional team, that's why you you picked him number one, not yeah. to fill s- seats. That's a reason too. Yeah. But you need that type of talent to show that he is what that team was missing. Yeah. And I saw this last night. They called it the Zion effect. Twelve thousand plus season tickets were sold before the season started. The most in over a decade of any team. Including Anthony Davis's rookie year. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis in his rookie rookie uh, debut only scored 21. Zion scored 22. Um, probably not a three, if I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, over 10,000 plus fans um, attended the Pelicans' first open practice. The Pelicans jumped to 4.4 million Instagram followers, and then more jerseys than T-shirts sold than the first overall picks combined of last year, just from Zion. I mean, it 
It reminds me of a lot when LeBron first went to Cleveland. I think, you know, the difference was LeBron started the very first game in Sacramento versus a very good Kings team. They didn't win, but he played 40 minutes. You know, Zion only played, you know, about 18 last night, and I think that's going to be the tale going forward. I don't think they're going to rush him at all, but he's a great player. When he's on the field or on the court, you can feel it. His vision is unbelievable. His passion for the game is is there. He's got that young blood, and you know he's fighting for every every rebound and yeah. every point out there. So he's going to be must feel. Last night, NBA Wednesday on ESPN. I mean, it felt like a postseason game. The way that crowd responded to him playing. Every time he got a rebound, it was like he scored another three. So, I mean, his effect's real, and I, I think the Pelicans are going to get flexed into a lot more games, and I'm excited to see him play a little bit more, but um, I, I think it's good for basketball overall. Yeah. So I, I think they've, especially this year with the amount of injuries in right. the NBA, I yeah. think they need a little bit of a little boost, and I, I think Zion gets that. So, For sure. But, but let's move on. I, I think uh, let's talk a little bit more NFL this weekend. We got the Pro Bowl. Um, they're going to be handing out some awards at the NFL Honors. But we got Offensive Rookie of the Year. I yep. think that's our first one. Um, I think we got five probably candidates. You know, you could probably argue maybe the fourth and fifth spot a little bit. But yep. I got Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs, Devin Singletary, A.J. Brown, and Terry McLaurin. Those are my top five rookies that really put their stamp on. And I think at the end of at the end of the day, I think the guy who's probably going to take home the trophy is Murray. My opinion, I think Jacobs. I think Jacobs just for the fact that he came in, he already looked like he was hitting on all cylinders. He looked like he's been in the league already for a few years, and he was a difference maker. When Derek Carr decided to go back in his little hole and disappear, he was scoring touchdowns. He was gaining those first downs. He won a lot of games for the Raiders this year, and I think he's going to continue to build off that next year. I think Murray then's your second spot. I think he he was 15th in overall um, passing yards this year. but And I, I think with Murray, the thing that surprised me more than anything else is the accuracy. Um, the arm, the arm strength, but he won a few games this year that I didn't think they were going to win, and I think that's why he's kind of up there in the top of the rookies. But, but after that, I think AJ Brown. You know, he had a strong end of the year, had a, one of the best playoff games of any rookie in modern memory. Um, put up 182 yards in that wild card round. Uh, McLaurin, I think he started off strong. A lot of those back-to-back games with touchdowns. A lot of different quarterback play, though. And Singletary, just he's a tough dude. Yeah. Small guy, but he can run. I mean, he's, Jacobs, I think, is my pick. But yeah, what do you think? I think I, think I have to agree um, with, with everything. I mean, Murray will more than likely take the, the trophy home. Um, more off the popularity vote. Uh, Jacobs just he, he he's not flashy in the terms of media, but he's flashy on the field. Um, 
what you kind of said, he, he kind of looks like a veteran already. And those are similarities that I saw in Zeke. Right from the get-go, you, you just knew that if they needed to rely on another offensive weapon, he was going to be the second guy if the quarterback wasn't in play. And, of course, Derek Carr played Derek Carr and uh, you know was able to show how much Jacobs is important to that team. I don't believe Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is the most important aspect of the Arizona Cardinals right now. I think Jacobs holds that offense uh, to a higher standard, and you know, it may come from his roots from Alabama. There, there are different standards that come from Alabama that don't come from Oklahoma or um, you know a, a lot of different other schools. Now, yeah, I mean, two of the other. Best running backs in the league this year for Bama. Ingram, Mark, Derrick Henry. So exactly. I mean, it's, there's a lot of blood there from Bama. For sure. Now, I, I would put DK Metcalf in that same category as McLaren. He's had the games postseason that he didn't have in the regular season. And, of course, that postseason leaves a different taste in your mouth uh, when it comes to just overall ability. Um, he gave, you know, um, Russell a lot more chances than Lockett or – any other of those wide receivers I that definitely agree that that could have made a, a better impact but DK had to and he did so I think he should be at least in the conversation um, Singletary I, I think he probably had probably one of the better uh, standout years for a bill uh, Josh Allen you know stepped up in his quarterback position that's something that's kind of a, a must when it comes to holding a quarterback position at a running back position, especially when we're getting into this more spread offense, being able to hold it down offensively, uh, rushing and, and, and receiving is something that he kind of set himself apart from and when it single, comes to the yeah, other rookies. And I think with Singletary, too, that it tells a lot about how much they respected him and liked him when they traded McCoy at the beginning of the year. Very true. So, I mean, that opened the door for him. He had a great training camp, and I think he definitely lived it up throughout the season. So, yeah. but... I would definitely say A.J. Brown was probably not just my personal, probably a lot of other people's top waiver pickup in fantasy. The last yes. four weeks of that man got me <laughs> damn near every point that I, I needed or had to get to at least stay in contention for the loser's bracket yeah. that I was in. And speaking of fantasy, I think Jacobs has a, always a soft spot because I picked him early. Yeah. I just kind of had that weird feeling already, him coming out of Bama, as yeah. strong as he was. And I think it was overly surprised when the Raiders picked him in the first round. And I I just kind of felt like going into the season, he was going to play at a high level. And I think he, my high level, I think he exceeded my yeah. high level. So For sure. I mean, it. I think it, I think he deserves it. Do I think he's going to win it? No, but I it, this is a quarterback league, so I think it's going to go to Murray, and I I, I, I can't be mad about it because Murray put up some decent numbers, but but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but let's move on to the defensive rookie of the year. So we got my top five candidates, um, and I, I think between one and two, I don't – in my personal opinion, and it may be because I'm an Ohio State guy, but I think Nick Bosa is going to win it by a large landslide. 
I mean, it, he took a team from four and twelve, and now they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, it was it, it was an amazing transition of that. I think with Garoppolo getting hurt the year before, them going four and twelve was kind of a blessing in disguise to get a generational player in yeah. Bosa and. Um, I think then your second candidate would be Josh Allen, and then it would be Matt Crosby, a Raider guy, um, Devin Bush from the Steelers, and then rounding out my top five would be Dexter Lawrence. But I, I think this is a tough category for the other four guys. I think I think Bosa's going to win it, and I, I think he's the most dominant defensive player out of this draft. I think we're going to have some all those other four guys and a few other defensive Rookies going to have some long careers, but Bosa's definitely f- flashing. Hey, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm going to be a multiple, multi defensive player of the year type of guy. And it's going to be fun to watch him in the Super Bowl to see how he plays with that pressure. But uh, I, I think he's, at the end of the day, going to win it. So, right. I, can't agree more. Nick Bosa has definitely made overall the the best and biggest impact on the team, not just the defense. Um, I, I love his mentality of getting back at at Baker, rubbing right. that rubbing that flag <laughs> right back in his face. Um, you and know, he dominated that game by a landslide. I mean, it was, and I he's mean, he's on the other court. side of all pro defensive ends and, and defensive tackles. He's not just the rookie that they picked up because he was available at a certain round. No, they went after him because they completed their defensive line. They will not get a, a defensive lineman in the next first, first or second rounds in the next couple of years because of him and who they have with him. A healthy San Francisco defensive line beats any rushing attack and you know as fun as that would have been to see Derrick Henry not run all over San Francisco I'm glad the Chiefs went but it's it's something that I definitely would have loved to see um second little Florida State bias got to put Brian Burns up there um he did finish second overall in uh, defensive rookie sacks only two behind Nick Bosa uh, playing on a, a, you know, now uh, an even weaker Panthers defense with uh, Luke retiring, uh, not to mention others uh, just aging and, and going to have to be moving on. Um, but then, you know, I think Devin Bush is right near him. I think Devin Bush had the bigger, um, like, stats, having those touchdowns having those interceptions, having over 100 tackles on a Steeler defense where everyone is hungry for a tackle. That's everyone. Yeah. Every, everyone knows that their job is to get to the ball. He got there faster than two others. How he isn't in the Pro Bowl is something that I have an issue with. Um, I think with Devin Bush, you know, the, the one thing that was noticeable off the bat was, you know, the Steelers signed Mark Barron in the offseason, and Barron got a lot of snaps at the beginning of the year. Um, So, you know, Bush kind of had that kind of like slow burn into the season, Um, but there towards the middle of the year, you know, Barron kind of got hurt, just a little got a little bit banged up, but, and then Bush kind of took over the position, and I, you know, with these other guys, you know, like Brian Burns and 
Nick Bosa and Josh Allen, I mean, they started every game, every snap, and I think they just dominated longer. Yeah. But I I think with you know with Devin Bush, he made some impact plays in a lot of these games. But he reminds me of a young Bobby Wagner. Yes. One of those one of those guys that wasn't immediately that effective, but grew into this all pro linebacker that you did not run to or pass towards and we did see early on that Devin's coverage was not the best Um, but I believe his endurance I think that defense's endurance had to get better and they did just to stay in in somewhat contention that their offense was lacking because of the injuries I Um, agree you know it just I think what's hurting Devin Bush is he only had one sack this year. Yeah. So I, I, with a team that led the league in sacks with 53, him only having one, um, you know, combined he had 109 tackles. That just showed that he had a slow start. And I, I think that's my biggest obstacle to get over. He had two interceptions. Um, but the stats, his impact does not match the stats, right. in, in my opinion. But – but I think he's a guy, as long along with the other guys that we've already mentioned, that he's going to have a long career. He's going to stay in that middle of that Steelers defense for 10-plus years and going to be dominant. So it's fun to watch, but he's the type of guy that watching him run from sideline to sideline, I mean, it. He couldn't have, we couldn't have, as a Steeler fan, picked a better guy right. long-term to replace Ryan Shazier. Right. And they found it, and he's going to be that staple of yep. that middle of the offense to go along with Cameron Hayward, yep. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree if they resign him. So it'll be fun. But yeah, um, fun fact: he led all defensive rookies in points scored. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. I did not know that. I mean that that, but that shows his impact. Yeah. And it one sack but two touchdowns. Right. I think I would take the touchdowns over the sacks <laughs> while T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, they, they've got that. The yeah. Bud Dupree's, they've got the sacks. Yeah. Leave Devin Bush to the score for us. Exactly. That was the main thing that was keeping the Patriots at that number one power ranking. They had defense that was scoring just as much or putting up at least half of what the offense was doing. Yeah. So I, th- I think that makes a, a, a big impact. Yeah. So I think before we dive into um, kind of our, you know, first initial thought of Super Bowl winnings, um, let's talk coach of the year. Yep. Um, I think there's four candidates that kind of separate themselves from the pack, um, and that's Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, John Hardball, and Pete Carroll. I think those four guys are probably going to be your top choices. Um there's a lot of different ways you could go on this. Um, you know, Andy Reid with the Chiefs, that their success and their number two seed was that kind of already expected. So you put that there, or with the Seahawks, you know, they they had a really good year. I think a lot better than a lot of people's expectations, but they still made the playoffs. Yep. So hardball. Going, I mean, they went 14-2 and two this year. Um, 
they went 14-2 in one of the worst divisions in the league. You know, you had a Hall of Fame quarterback go down in week three. You had the Browns being the Browns. And you had the worst team in the league in the Cincinnati Bengals. So, you know, there was a lot of opportunity in their division, but they still beat the Seahawks and the Patriots and and the 49ers through the regular season. So you got to give it up to hardball and and preparing Lamar Jackson as well as he did. But I I personally am going to go with Kyle Shanahan. I think he's he's kind of this new generation – of of coaching that's going to be around for a long time and if he keeps going at the rate that he is going right now he's going to be up there with the all-time greats i mean the the amount of success that he has had in the short amount of time is something that you just don't see very rarely and for him to go to the 49ers you know get garoppolo from the pats pay him before he was even even seen starts I mean I mean he paid Garoppolo four years 137 million dollars and he was just trusting that he was his guy last year goes down they go four and 12 and most coaches go four and 12 in their first year they might not have a second year and they go out get the second overall pick get Nick Bosa get Garoppolo back get some few guys in the draft um find an undrafted guy and uh robert uh, what's his last name um, Mossy mustard must yeah the running and back find him undrafted played for six other teams before he gets to the 49ers puts up over 200 yards and four touchdowns in the afc championship game. never been done i mean this guy he he find he finds something in in every one of his players and i think you got to give it to him especially but I think Andrew Reed's my second choice, um, and it's going to be fun watching him go up in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, um, I mean, all definitely top choices. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's definitely in my top uh, three, um, in no specific order. Uh, I would definitely have to put John Harbaugh up there. Um, what he's done with the type of offense in this day and age is, you know, very, very spectacular um someone that just stands out because of what we as nfl fans are used to is seeing the same consistency that the browns have that the giants have that the jets have but what the bills have changed sean mcdermott changed a team not overnight it didn't take overnight if there was such thing as a comeback coach of the year this man would win it for sure this year taking a consistent sub 500 bills team turning them to a 10 and 5 team you know being up 20 points in a afc wildcard championship in houston is something that definitely shouldn't be unnoticed it's not going to win him the coach of the year kyle shanahan regardless if he wins the super bowl or not should win it based off the main differences that we've just seen in this entire year uh, we've never really seen the San Francisco play at this high of a level every single game, not just on defense, but both sides of the ball. Um, you know, it does help to have a, a healthy, high-paid quarterback. That helps a lot. 
He even did very well with the McMullen guy last year. He was able to win some games that he wasn't supposed to. But you can just tell that this man is an offensive genius. He is going to be, you know, head and head probably with Sean McVay as far as overall the best logistic coach you can find. Um, I'm glad Andy Reid is back into the into the Super Bowl. I think it's a long time that shouldn't have taken this long. And uh, with that, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan should win and will win probably in the same type of landslide that his rookie defensive rookie of the year is going to. Yeah. So what's your first initial thought on the Super Bowl then? I mean, Kansas City's a negative one favorite going in. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different storylines going in. A lot of – I think there's a lot of pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs side. You know, you get – on just the simple fact of Andy Reid never winning a Super Bowl. And then you have Patrick Mahomes still in our rookie deal, probably going to break the bank. You know, he's going into his final year next year. Um, So does he request a new contract or does he play out that rookie year? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, what's your first initial thought? My, My first initial thought is defense wins championships in the NFL. And... My second initial thought is, it's Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if there is a defense that can maintain him in his prime. And I think that's exactly what we're going to get in the Super Bowl. This man has never been in a Big 12 championship. He's never been in a state high school championship. So we don't know what type of Patrick Mahomes we are going to get in the Super Bowl. Are we going to get a Joe Montana Um type of, of postseason play he's already on path to beat Joe Montana's postseason single season or single postseason record with 11 to zero touchdown interception ratio he's only got a pass for five and we all know that that's not a unusual thing for Patrick Mahomes to do right I do believe that his wide receiver core is better than the San Francisco DBs I don't think Richard Sherman can hold a candle to any one of those wide receivers. Maybe a Sammy Watkins if Sammy Watkins is having a bad day. But you still have a Travis Kelsey that is going to be open. At some point, he will be open. Now, if the defensive line of San Francisco plays the way that they should and know how, Patrick Mahomes will not get that time. They do have... You know, uh, a decent running core, but they will not rely on that running core to get them yards. They will rely on that running core to set up Mahomes on a 30, 40 plus yard touchdown pass. And I feel as if San Francisco can can keep Mahomes maintained to, to throw within the first four seconds. They have a shot at winning. But I don't believe that San Francisco's offense is going to outperform Mahomes in any standpoint. Yeah. I agree. And I, I think that with uh, Kansas City, they definitely rely on their speed with Hill and Watkins and Damian Williams out of the backfield. But I, I agree. And even with Mahomes what, lately. Even Mahomes lately. I, I think I agree. But their speed can't kill them if the 49ers are getting to the ball with under four seconds. And I, every 49ers game that I've watched over the last month, I mean, it. every single play, there's a, they're in position to get a sack. And it, it, 
I don't think Mahomes can play outside of the pocket in this game. I think their 49ers are just too fast and they're too good. And the last few defenses that Kansas City has played, um, you know, since December, I mean, this is by far, by far the best defensive front that they're playing. You know, they played the Chargers. I mean, and even versus the Chargers on a bad defensive of a team like the Chargers, Mahomes only put up 174 yards and one touchdown, one interception. Um, I mean, he's definitely played at a higher level in these playoffs. Maybe he is living up to the pressure. I, I don't know what that is, but um, I think that if he stays within the pocket I in this game, I think the 49ers are going to get to him, and we'll see what kind of pressure he plays under in that sense. But For sure. I, I, I don't think that this uh, 49ers team is going to let Mahomes go off with his legs, especially like he has over the last few games. And But that that's just kind of my, my first initial instinct is to say, like you said, beginning defense win championships. 49ers over the last few weeks has the best defense this season. And that's what it kind of boils down to, in my opinion. I And the coaching. The coaching just seems a little bit better on the 49ers side. I, I love Andy Andy Reid as much as the next guy, but Shanahan just is coaching on a different level this year, especially with that defensive side of the ball. But Yeah, and I think we are seeing a lot of similarities, and hopefully for San Francisco's standpoint, it doesn't go that route. But Sean McVay last year had a stellar offense one of the best that we've seen in a while in the NFC. And you don't see a lot of that unless it's coming from the Seahawks. And having that young, talented squad with a young, talented quarterback who still then got outcoached. I believe that Andy Reid can use the 15 years of absolute grinding to get to where he's at. Completely different quarterbacks. In my opinion, Mahomes is way better than Donovan McNabb ever has been or will be and he's going to have even better um you know wide receiving core that eagles team had a terrell owens and that's it they didn't have one two three four options um and i think with andy reed's you know ability to coach that offense and coach mahomes because it's it's there he him and mahomes talk every single play Every single time Mahomes comes off the field, there are some sort of discussion on what happened, what can we change, and what can we do better. They were down 24 points. Everyone was calm. Andy Reid was calm. Talking about pressure, Chiefs hasn't won a Super Bowl in, what, 49 years, 39 years? Ever. Ever. Yeah. And they had Joe Montana. Yeah. So having that type of history of just being in that program and then having your own personal history, I think that comes up and eventually something has to give. And if Shanahan or the 49ers defense give a little, it'll be the last thing that they give. Yeah. And I think with the 49ers, I think the thing for me, they played a tougher schedule over the last – you know, few months here. I mean, they they played the Saints. Garoppolo put up four touchdowns versus the Saints. And then they go to Seattle, win, to get that number one seed. 
Then you got to play a Vikings team with a great defense, really good offense that just beat the Saints the week prior to that. And then you go play the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, is Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers playing at the same level right now? Not necessarily, but they're, they've beaten better teams. I mean, the Kansas City kind of had a luxury of playing the Titans, playing Texans. J.J. Watt just came back from, you know, set from October. So I, I think the... The ride into the Super Bowl has been a little easier for Kansas City. They didn't have to play Baltimore. You know, they didn't have to play in Foxborough. So, but they beat the team that did, and I think that's just just as a good enough statement. Yeah, the Titans put on the the two greatest wild card and divisional playoff games I've ever seen in my life when it comes to going up against either a Tom Brady in Foxborough. When we were doing our predictions, the first thing we said is, they're not winning in Foxborough. Right? <laughs> they're not getting out of Foxborough. That's exactly what happened. And it wasn't even in a difficult pick. I mean, no. that was the first one we both picked. Pats, you win. You're in Foxborough. And then you hope. Please, please. And it, that you never think it's going to happen. Right. And so. then they go to Baltimore. To Baltimore. Against the MVP possible winner. 14-2. and two, Yeah. In Baltimore with an MVP, with that head coach, Super Bowl winning head coach. And you win? On I the mean, ground. On the ground. On I mean, the ground. Tannehill, Tannehill was the best pickup in the offseason, but something light lit, something lit Derrick Henry up to the point where he took over that. Both of those games had to, and he did. I mean, he had two straight games in in Foxborough, in Baltimore, over 180 yards rushing. I mean, it it was an unbelievable run. But they they were crowning him a king before even going to the Chiefs' kingdom. They crowned him the king, and I love that. I love that type of hype. You just beat Tom Brady. That's exactly what you did in Foxborough. You yeah. beat Tom Brady. Then you go to Baltimore, who was already favored to win the Super Bowl by 42%. Thank you, ESPN, for that. That kind of bite, bit you in the ass. What? Oh, um, yeah, that, that kind of bit you in the ass, didn't it? So beating the possible Super Bowl-winning champions – at Baltimore, which doesn't happen very much at all, unless you're the Steelers, and it still happened. So I think beating that team the way they did, they were down 10 to nothing. We thought, uh-oh, here we go. Derrick Henry's going to run 200 yards again. He's going to have four more touchdowns. He is going to run his ass into the Super Bowl. Right. And then can he do that again? We were already talking, is he, is he going to run over San Francisco's defense? And now... Because of possibly coaching, the, the difference in, in you know, uh, a newly great futuristic coach in Mike Vrabel, that man win, will, he will win a Super Bowl at some team. may not be the Titans, but he's going to win because he is a winner. He comes from that Belichick coaching style, and he's really the only one that's made that type of leap once he got off. But now that the 
you know, uh, Chiefs have a little bit more control of the overall AFC undis- or yeah, the undisputed AFC championships, and they are the champions. It's time to put the money where the mouth is. And if Mahomes wants to get that forty million a year, get a Super Bowl for a ch- for a franchise that's never had one. That's where you get $40 million because you're still going to have to pay the cheetah if he wants to stay. You're still going to have to pay Kelsey, who has more bling on his ears than the next man. You're still going to pay for that great offensive line. Those players do not come cheap. So if everyone wants a big slice of the bread, get a Super Bowl. Yeah. Andy yeah. Reid may not be with us for that much longer. Get that man a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think I think you're right about... Patrick Mahomes, he's going to get paid $40 million. The cap's going to go up over the next few years. So, you know, Travis Kelsey's making $7.5 million right now. I mean, he's only about 5% of the cap. Tyreek Hill signed a new contract over the offseason. So he's already getting paid. But now you go past those. I don't think you get rid of those two players if you pay Patrick Mahomes. But you're getting rid of somebody. You're getting rid of the, the Sammy Watkins. Exactly. You're getting I think rid you, of, you know, the LaShawn McCoys if he's still going to be putting up the same numbers, which he probably won't. He hasn't stayed healthy for a full season since he was in the Eagles. Yeah. Because right now, over what, what the new trend is, is you can pay a quarterback but now you're going to go find a no-name running back that can be productive. You let go of a contract like Sammy Watkins that's getting paid $16 million a year. Go find an A.J. Brown. Go find a D.J. Metcalf. Somebody's out there. You know, you have Robinson. You have um, Harden on the, on the team already. So I mean, there's some young guys there that are very cheap, that are productive. And I think any wide receiver that comes and plays for Mahomes – they're going to elevate their game. You know, that was kind of the trend with Tom Brady for so many years, is how many unknown wide receivers did he have that won Super Bowls? I mean, it was an unbelievable stretch there for a long time, and I think Mahomes has that same effect. And I think if you're Mahomes, you don't take a discount. I think that's kind of absurd to even think that you would – give him a discount, especially if he wins you a Super Bowl. Right. You've been a franchise 50 years. This is your first appearance in a Super Bowl, your first sniff of a Super Bowl. It, first he, two year, two years of his, his, his hopefully very long and productive career ended, yes, with an AFC championship defeat, but to the Super Bowl winning champions, Tom Brady. But you also got an MVP the very first full year you started. Throws for 50-plus touchdowns. Very next year, comes right back, runs through the AFC, and now is in a chance to win the Super Bowl. That right there is is where you're going to get the money anyways. But hopefully that ego of being the man in Kansas City doesn't take over his mindset of winning because winning is not going to be the highest-paid quarterback. And I think Mahomes for that city's great. You could definitely tell in that Texans game when he had that comeback, he loved the crowd. He loved to be there. Him and Andy Reid just kind of clicked together very well. And I think Andy Reid, you know, say you give Mahomes forty million a year for five years, Andy Reid's going to be around another five years of coaching. So this isn't going to be their only Super Bowl appearance. And 
I, I think you pay them. I think you have to pay them, but I don't know. I think this Super Bowl, you know, I'm happy this was the matchup. You know, I think I predicted this at the, you know, when we did our uh, playoff predictions. Not of the a lot of the other games I got right, but the Super Bowl matchup, this is the one I wanted to see. I wanted to see this 49ers defense versus this Chiefs offense, you know, but I think that the 49ers offense is playing decent, you know, but this Chiefs defense has been a question all year. Mm -hmm. And do they have one more game in them? I think that's kind of the the biggest question mark for me, even though, you know, the 49ers offense isn't that great, you know, in a lot of different aspects. I think their tight end for tight end is very equal. I think their running back play, both kind of unnamed guys coming in on hot streaks. And then, you know, the Chiefs wide receiver core is better, you know, but you got Emmanuel Sanders on the other side who has a Super Bowl. So he's played in a game like this before. So offensive linemen are are pretty equal in my mind. So it's going to come down to these defenses. And I think the 49ers have a better defense. And I it, it's hard for me to imagine that they're not going to get to the quarterback. Right. I've been watching it all year, been watching it all these playoffs. They're just too fast and too good. And right, You can't double team four down linemen. There's not enough linemen right. to do that. Um, and Kelsey's not blocking anybody. He's not blocking, and, and nor is LaShawn Le- McCoy or the, the Damian Williams. They aren't. Like, you lost that in, in Kareem Hunt. You lost that, you know, that check down uh, running back that gives that quarterback another second or two. So we're really going to see, you know, how, um, how magical Mahomes really can be against this type of defense. And... Uh, San Francisco's always been statistically the number two team, number two defense the entire season. It took the the Patriots to stop playing football for them to take over number one, but then they just stayed consistent at number one. And if history repeats itself, defense will win championships. Yeah, I agree, but but I still have Chiefs winning. Let's go. <laughs> you want to do predictions now? Let's do a prediction now, and then maybe next week we'll hit you with our final yeah. prediction thought. But I'll let you go first. Sure. Off the top, I'm going to go Chiefs 28 to San Francisco's 18. You know, I, I kind of got a – I don't know. You know, being a Steeler fan, with the Patriots tying the Steelers last year at six – with the 49ers winning, they would get six as well. Would I be as upset now since the Pats have it, if the 49ers have it? I don't know. But my first initial instinct is defense wins championships. But I don't know. I want to say Kansas City because of Andy Reid. The way Patrick Mahomes is playing is just nothing I've seen before in modern memory but uh, I think I I as of right now I'm going to go Kansas City. I'm going to go Kansas City 27 24. It's the Super Bowl. It's going to be close. It goes down to a Butker game winner. If it could. It's been it, it's been your most consistent kicker 
It could. I mean, this. Th- yeah, this kicker is. It's phenomenal. He, he's he, anywhere under sixty. That yeah. is guaranteed. Yeah. Now maybe the 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 moment might get to him. Maybe it won't. But I. But if you can kick in Kansas City, you can kick anywhere. You're going yeah. to Miami. Yeah. There's no wind. Nope. So I I think that's what I'm going to go with right now. I'm going to change my mind. That's often. <laughs> yep. But um, but I think we're gonna think we're gonna round it out here. Yeah. Uh, as always, hit me up on Twitter <laughs> at Ohio Average Guy um, with corrections or any type of question. Maybe I'll answer it here on the podcast. But you know, the primetime guy was here on on his first podcast here. This was fun. Any last any last thoughts before we head out? Uh, definitely appreciate the time. Uh, gonna have to do this regularly. Um, Maybe next time we find some things that we don't agree on that's everything. Because yeah. that's not a typical conversation between you and I. Yes. Well, there's usually a little bit more little heated arguments. So. We'll get to that. We just got to find some more things to talk about. Hit up Ohio Average Guy on Twitter so we can answer some of the questions that you guys may have. Or, like he said, corrections. I will stand corrected if needed. I am, a fl- always. I am a Florida State fan. There are times where I say things that aren't actually that true. But, Most of the time. But, see, this is where we disagree. <laughs> this is where we disagree. Uh-oh. All right. Well, thanks for having me. All right.